Hello and welcome to episode 1053 of The Sleeper in the Bus. It is Tuesday, May 17th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined this morning by Justin Mason. Justin, good morning, sir. Good morning. How you doing? I'm quite well. How about yourself? Uh, I'm just out here throwing no-hitters and still losing. <laughs> what are you, the Reds? <laughs> Apparently. Yeah, that's uh, that, that that's the epitome of their season. Is just Completely. Completely like, emblematic of both teams, to be honest, because yeah. the Pirates winning a game where they're no-hit, also just perfect Pirates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. it was... Could couldn't have happened to two better franchises. It, it's it's kind of hilarious. And then my dumbass went on a betting show yesterday and recommended the Pirates. First five Ooh. innings, Dylan Peters had been pitching well. He had nineteen and two thirds scoreless. I was like, you know what? Getting some offense will be tough, but and I'll go Pirates first five. Jason and I recommended fading Wade Miley on a two start, like just. He was coming off the IL. It was his first, you know, start of the year. Pittsburgh, um, Arizona, though, that's tough. Yeah, it so just felt both, like a trap. Yeah, we both took, was, took the L's there. You mm-hmm. just never know what. Yeah, like you said, uh, being a trap. Like you don't always know when guys like that are ready because they're, they're like finesse guys, and when it's bad, it can look really bad. And so, mm-hmm. like I get it. Uh, that setup was pretty juicy, though. So I, I wasn't blaming anybody that that picked up. Wade Miley, mm-hmm. like I told, I totally understood it, um, and he pitched very well. Let's get into a couple bits of news, and then play a little buy low or no go with some really struggling hitters. Some guys we talked about before, and they're still struggling. Kind of see where you're at with them if you want to go buy them in a trade league or on a waiver wire of like a ten or twelve teamer, where some of these guys are almost certainly popping up. But let's get into news first. Carlos Correa is going to be activated today. Uh, Tuesday the 17th again uh, for those that aren't listening when it comes out. What's this going to do for the playing time situation here? Uh, Royce Lewis has been the consistent shortstop, but has um, actually, excuse me, I was going to say, but has a low output. He does not. He actually has a 125 no, WRC plus. Yeah, he's he's know. been great. Yeah, I, I missed uh, I missed some some hits he, there. He, he, yeah, he had a grand slam the other day, I think. Right? I mean, um, yes, I, I knew that, but uh, yeah, a couple more hits since, a couple two hit games. Bottom line, he's been playing well. So he's been playing well. Do they try to keep him up in some sort of capacity, or is there just no room at the end? You got Nick Gordon playing left with an 85 WRC plus. Maybe that's what I was confusing Lewis with, but he's out of options. So uh, you're not keeping Lewis up to be a, a part-time like bench guy, are you? Is is this the end of the Royce Lewis uh, experience for now? I hope not. I don't think so. I mean, the Twins are a team that are trying to compete, and it's clear that Royce Lewis makes their team better. Um, I want to say, uh, maybe, did they just get Garlic back? Garlic um, is back, yeah. He was called up yesterday from AAA. kind of wonder if, you know, in preparation for this move, did they call up Garlic knowing that they're good? I, I don't know. I'm nervous. I think this is it for Lewis for, for right now. And when I say it, I just mean. Well, Garlic was out. activated from the IL. So it wasn't like. Play? Was he on rehab then? That's where he was on his rehab assignment. Okay. Um, You know, Celestino, Celestino, maybe Celestino, maybe they send him down. He's got an option. But. Are you keeping so does garlic up to not play him every day? No, I think he should play every day. And I think he should play over Gordon. I, I don't think there's In any reason. I, I, yeah. I think so too. So Nick Gordon as a super util makes a lot more sense to me. Yeah. I mean, in even, even if, uh, even if he's not playing in left every day, there's like plenty of, you know, spots they can move him around to. He, he, you know, he's played all around the diamond, uh, especially coming back from that, uh, that devastating uh, leg injury. So, I think, yeah, his time is now. He's got nothing to prove in AAA. And it's Lewis, you're saying. Yeah, Royce Lewis has just nothing to prove, and he makes the team better. So I, I would it shock me if they send him down? No, because teams are just going to do what they think is in their best interest. But I, I have a hard time rationalizing how it would be in their best interest to send Lewis down. So... Uh, my hope is he stays up. I don't have him anywhere, um, but yeah, I just I, want to stay see. up because I like him. 
yeah, I just enjoy watching him uh, play, and I, I think the future is bright. There's power, there's speed, um, and I think a pretty good hit tool. He's one of the most athletic. He's what we want Joe Adele to be. Um, yeah. And uh, so hopefully they give him an opportunity. I think they will. Yeah, I hope you're definitely right on that with Royce Lewis. Uh, with Correa's return, obviously going to take him off a short, but you could still bounce him around a bit or just plant him in left and, and really put Nick Gordon in that utility role. I think that's the way to go with Carlos Correa. And they're going to want to keep Correa. Like, I don't know that they want Correa playing all the time. I mean, yeah, maybe he's playing gets, a lot, but, you know, they want to give him breathers too. And Yeah, a few spotty days off here and there. Uh, uh, right now, you know, in this first two weeks back type of deal, you know, if they're worried about him in any capacity, that makes some sense too. I could totally see something like that with Carlos Correa, but hopefully, 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 Rose Lewis stays up. That would be uh, the best. Johnny Cueto, dominant in the season debut. I just want to talk about him for a minute, just to see if you're seeing anything there. Um, you know, we're seeing so much good pitching this year with obviously the mush ball and everything. Johnny Cueto still got some gas in the tank. I mean, he wasn't uh, he wasn't terrible for your Giants last year. 408 ERA, 137 whips running high, but you take that ERA in a lot of deeper leagues. Uh, 14% strikeout minus walk rate, not too terrible. Just kind of okay overall there for uh, Cueto, but we play in deeper leagues, so guys like this definitely have some potential. Is Cueto on your radar after a gem against the Royals? I mean, does he get to face the Royals every time? Because I think that is uh, <laughs> probably not. I, I, I want, he had seven strikeouts. I want to say he had eight whiffs. Like, I mean, this, hey, is, this was him against that team. Getting eight strikeouts is actually pretty difficult. They don't strike out. So I give him some credit Still, for that. They're they're a bad team. Um, he he's not good anymore. Um, uh, you know, will he have usable outings? Yes. He, he still, he still throws hitters timing off. Like he, he just, he, he just messes with people and he's kind of a hard guy to, um, know what exactly is coming at you and what speed and, uh, and kind of squaring him up. So I, I think he will be usable as a streamer in good matchups in 15 team leagues, but that's about it. Like I, he's not someone like I'm rushing to add. To my team yeah nobody's rushing to get Quato. i just i'm keeping an eye on him you know just talked about wade miley who popped off yesterday against the pirates gets the diamondbacks later i think it's that kind of vibe where mm -hmm. it could be a dra with a high whip not enough strikeouts necessarily haven't really we haven't seen a 10 percent swinging strikeout. well last year i guess rounded up to 10 percent um but before that it was 2017 for johnny Quato. so it does put a lot on batted ball quality like things going his way with what happens? Balls. Like Giolito is supposed to return here in the next day or two. Today, no, is he supposed to be part of the doubleheader? Yeah, that's right. Um, that's what Rotor so has at least. What do they do with Cueto then? Like, I don't know. I mean, I guess oh, they now, could. Now I'm seeing somebody named Davis Martin will start. So I don't know. Maybe. Maybe uh, Rotowire was just guessing on that. But no, it's I had seen somewhere last night that Giolito was supposed to do game two of the double adder. So, okay. so maybe we'll they're, maybe that. they're going to, yeah, there, there might not be a spot for him. Like um, Dallas Keuchel. Isn't he better than Dallas Keuchel though? But Dallas he Keuchel is, but bad. they have no lefties. Yeah. I mean, they still don't even with Dallas Keuchel's kind of, the, yeah, that's the point, true. Though. But yeah. yeah, like that's the thing you can keep an eye on him, obviously with Gilito. And then I don't know what Lynn's latest is, but when both those guys are back, there will I think, be any yeah, Lynn probably isn't back till mid June. So yeah, he'll, he'll be an up and down kind of guy. Cueto probably will be. Um, yeah, or not expected to return to the rotation until early June at the earliest for Lynn. Yeah. So yeah, we're not running out to get Cueto. I just want to gas him up a little bit because he had a nice outing, and I'm a big fan. I've always loved Cueto. I, I mean, so, I've I've loved Cueto too, even before he was a giant. You know, big fan of his as a Red and. And then, awesome then he was. Red. Then it was like you know he got signed to my you know my favorite team got to you know fall in love with him all over again. I just he wasn't I mean, too bad for y'all either. No, he, he. I mean, yeah, was it a huge contract? Yeah, but like it wasn't like the Jordan Zimmerman contract, which was like hey. this like same time. So yeah, That's just unnecessarily throwing, throwing shots. Yeah, like gee. <laughs> oh, because like 
So, like, the Giants signed, like, I think it was all the same year, right? It was Jordan Zimmerman, Johnny Cueto, and Jeff Samarja. And I wanted Jordan I Zimmerman that's correct. so bad. Like, uh, you, you did want him? I, uh, oh, yeah. He, it, was, it wasn't even close to me who was, like, the, the stud out of those three. Um, and when you guys signed him, I was like, well... Maybe they'll get, you know, Samarja or Cueto, and, um, uh, you know, I guess I'll be fine. And, they, you know, they turned out to be pretty decent contracts, um, you know. Obviously, the back end of those deals suck, but, you know. Zim probably would have been better with y'all just being. Yeah, he, he would have been. He would have been that you guys do. Like, I wouldn't even be surprised if he had if he had done well. No, with, he, uh, I, he, I, I, I think rough. we we all tricked ourselves that he was going to be good long term and his soft tossing ways. Ourselves. I, I disagree with that. That's revisionist. Like he broke down, his body broke down, but he had the skills that should have allowed him to be a finesse guy later in his career. But he just could, he never really missed a ton of bats, so he obviously needed to stay strong as a finesse guy, but. A lot of it was health too. He was but I thought he could he be like as I thought he could be like a Zach Davies or you know that's what kind I'm saying. of guy. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't uh, think we tricked ourselves into that. I think he. I loved hold him. Up his end of the bargain. I love Jordan yeah. Zimmerman too. I still think Casey Mize like his peak is peak Jordan Zimmerman statistical profile, which isn't yeah. amazing, but it's like quite good still. Mm -hmm. um, all right, let's play buy low or no go here on a bunch of guys, bunch of hitters that are really struggling, uh, high round picks in a lot of cases. Mm -hmm or at least relatively strong draft capital uh, spent to get these guys here. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's difficult to necessarily go out and say, cut these guys. We're talking from a team that doesn't have them, though. Would you seek these guys out, whether they're on the wire or available via trade? And let's start with Marcus Semien, who, you know, certainly looks like there's some prototypical pressing to try to make it look like it's worth the contract. It has zero homers, two steals, Strikeout rate's actually down, so he's not pressing from the standpoint of just up there flailing, but he has a 196 BABIP leading to a 162, 224, 215 line. Just truly horrendous right now. Just denting your numbers every week is Marcus Semyon. 25% hard hit down from 41%. 3% barrel rate down from 10%. Nothing's going well. What's up with Marcus Semyon, and would you buy low here? Um, those are, those are tough questions. I, I think, and there are going to be a number of, uh, I'm going to say this answer for a number of these guys that we're going to talk about. Um, I think he's one of the guys who's really hurt by the ball. Um, and especially the, the park change and the ball combination. Um, he's a guy who doesn't have like elite power. And so he's not able to, you know, kind of, uh, drive the ball in the same way that he would. Uh, I, I like the close-up view that we're getting right now of the mustache. Uh, <laughs> for those of you listening later, you'll have to go back and, and, and check out the I'm zoom job. The camera there. Yeah, that, that Paul did. Um, I think he's going to be better. I don't think he's going to be what people drafted him as, um, which is unfortunate. I still think he could be like a 15-15 guy. Uh, you know, in 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 total, you know, so fifteen. I home still runs. think he gets more homers than that. I'm still seeing like eighteen to twenty for Marcus Semyon. Mm. I mean, the plate skills are still there. I mean, it's a zero homer to fly ball rate. Obviously, if you have no homers, yeah. Like I don't know. I I never thought it was going to be Toronto. It was no, I don't think anybody. Like, yeah. So no, no, everybody you know, was screaming regression and we all knew yeah. there was going to be regression. It's just a matter. It was a matter of like how bad I think this is too far. Like I don't, I, I, I so. clearly not, he's not going to be this bad, but I think, um, I, I think that he's one of the, one of his guys that um, is hurt by the, uh, by the dead ball. But as things warm up, you know, that'll become less of an issue in, in yeah. places. So uh, I think he'll ultimately end. I think at the end of the end of the day, you're going to be like, "Ah, oh, that was a disappointing season." But he's not going to be the reason teams lose. So, That's would I buy with Simeon? The you know back to your initial question of would I buy low? Uh, it could depends on how low I'm getting him for. Um, if I'm getting for it, like him for like fifty cents on the dollar, then yeah, I think I I think I take that that gamble. Um, the hard part is guys don't always want or your players don't always want to sell guys that low of course mm -hmm. would you 
In a 10-teamer, would you cut Max Muncy to pick up Marcus Simeon? Would I cut Max Muncy to pick up Marcus yeah. Simeon? I would. I, Max Muncy looks lost. Would um, you cut Jake Cronenworth? Yes. Would you cut Javier Baez? Five seventy six no. OPS. Okay. What about um, an IL to Jonathan India? Let's just say it works out to where your IL is full of higher end guys, Jacob Degrom and somebody else or something. You only got a couple IL spots here, so he's basically been a reserve. Would you cut India for Semyon in a ten teamer? I'm with shallow leagues because this is the only likely time that that would happen. But with India's strained hammy looking like it's going to be a while. I think I would. Yeah. I think, I think I'd be okay with that. I'd rather not, but sure. If, the, if, if I, yeah. If, if I'm in a situation where he's clogging up my bench because I don't have any IL spots available, um, then yeah, I think I would. Would you cut Colton Wong? Who's actually been pretty good. 739 OPS, three homers, eight steals in a 10 teamer to get Marcus Simeon. If someone cut him, I don't think I would. I think I'd just stick with what I got there too. Yeah, especially because you're getting the stolen bases. Like that's, exactly. Eight swipes uh, is hot. Yeah. Here's one. Um, because he randomly appeared on my waiver wire in a 15 team league. Would it. you cut Marcus Simeon to get Jorge Mateo? He just got hurt. So I need to know what what's he's gonna injury. be back today. Okay. Um now I gotta cut somebody else. I gotta have somebody worse, especially in like a I, 15, 12 team. Yeah, I, I I ended up cutting. I mean, I don't have Simi in that league, and so I ended up cutting someone else. But Sim, uh, Mateo falling to my waiver wire, I was like, Mateo's Two got homers, ten stolen bases, ten steals, ninety-two WRC plus. Like his bottom line, like he's about average. Like he's right there. He's playing every day. Absolutely. Like he, in, so, yeah. Again, against lefties, he's batting second. I'm, I'm with that for sure. Let's st- let's stay at second base. I, I think it's second and outfield for this guy. But let's I'm, I'm shifting the order on you a little bit, just moving the third guy up to two, and then that, the other guy down one. Whit Merrifield. This one's been pretty easy for me. He's already kind of coming out of it, so maybe he wasn't the best inclusion here. But the bottom line numbers are still pretty ugly. You can still buy low. One ninety four, two twenty eight, two sixty nine, two homers, five steals. For me, with Whit Merrifield though, looking under the hood. Multiple different times. Uh, I've never seen anything that's really bothered me. Strikeout and walk rates are fine. Swing strike rate is a bit higher there, but it hasn't resulted in a lot more strikes. Uh, strikeouts, I should say. Babip is painfully low at 207. Fly ball rate has jumped up a little bit, so he's in the air a little bit too much. Uh, a few more pop-ups than you like. But other than that, I just am not seeing enough from Whit Merrifield to really be all that concerned. And yet the numbers are atrocious. As I mentioned, he is coming out of it already. So you're you're kind of buying low when it when it's a little bit more comfortable. He's on a seven game hit streak where he's hitting 400 with a 417 BABIP, two homers, two steals. Whit Merrifield is he coming out of this? And you would you would buy low with him, or would you stay away from the 33 year old? I mean, I don't know that you're going to buy low enough that it makes sense to go and buy him. There is I'll tell, some I'll tell you this. there is some skills decline here. I'd pay full market. Wow, I would really like I'd start low and I would if it led up to where I had to pay something relatively equivalent, yes. I think he's still gonna get all of his numbers, which to me so, is like like you would trade like a Lucas Giolito for a Whit Merrifield if you were you were pretty strong in pitching. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I would not do that. Um there there are some clear skills decline things going on here, even this in is- even in like this month where he started to rebound he's hitting like 268 he's got like two homers i think and in, in and a couple steals as well um he's still swinging outside of the zone like almost 46 percent of the time um he looks like he's getting overpowered at the plate at times um his swing strike rate is up like do i think he's done absolutely not i think he's still gonna be a very valuable player but i'm not paying market value I, if 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 I'm if I'm trading for definitely Whit don't Merrifield, think you have to, but I absolutely would, especially if I needed the steals for yeah. Whit Merrifield. If if I, yeah, I mean that's the thing. Like he's still gonna run. Like he he could be like you know swinging a wet noodle up there, and he's still gonna probably steal 25, 30 bases uh, this year. So um, 
I, like I think he's he's a fine guy to acquire. I just I don't want to pay market value. If, if someone's making me pay market value or close to market value, I'm I'm probably going a different direction. I don't really see anybody that would or that would really have the the hood spot to to do so. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're taking all their steals away, sure, don't trade with that person. Then obviously, if you yeah, if, if they don't have steals to cover, then you need to you need to back off. But I really, um, I really am not too worried about uh, about Whit Merrifield. And yeah, I, so I, I still am a little bit. Deals. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not like freaking out because, like I said, I, I think that he, either way, he would steal enough that um, he it will, you know, you're gonna get return on on your investment. But like, I'm, I, I'm definitely very uncomfortable right now with kind of some of the underlying skills and watching him. Yeah. I'm not too worried about it. Not really striking out more despite the swinging strike rate going up. looks like he's coming out of it here in the second half or in, in the second month and uh, still, still has five steals too. Right. So I, I only need like seven to nine homers the rest of the way. I don't, I don't not that much. 25, Steals, I think, rest away. I, I will take that all day with Whit Merrifield. Yeah, I just don't think it's going to come with the average that maybe we were used to and that people were hoping to get when they dropped what do you think him he in the second round. The way? Like 260. And what's wrong with that? He hit 277 last year. And with the with the mm-hmm. league averages down, 260 is still going to be comparably higher. That's fair. So, I mean, I just I think he's delivering everything that, that we need him to then. If he's doing that, if he's going... Probably a lot less runs. This is 25 a really steals. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he scored 97 <clears throat> on the team last year with a 317 OBP. Pro- he probably scores like 70. No shot. 75. No shot. He's slicing that many off. He has 14 already. He's probably getting you 70 from here on out. Yeah, I I, I think I think Witt, I think Witt's going to be playing a lot better. Um the rest of the way here. So we'll yeah, stop calling him Wit because there's a Bobby Wit now. That you know, I can't help it. That's his name. That's <laughs> you need to call him Whitley. Yeah, Whitley Merrifield, the, the ninth. Um, <laughs> Jonathan Scope. We're just doing all second baseman guys with dual eligibility at second base. Jonathan Scope. I, I I think there's a scoping coming. Jurassic Park. You know when the girl has her Jello and it's jiggling. That's Scope. He's coming. It's rumbling. Um, this is, you know, a team I watch day in, day out with my Tigers. No one's going to be knocking your socks off with a 250 average in the last 10 games with two homers. He's hit into a lot of hard lockouts, even within this last 10 games, let alone throughout the year. But he's starting to really tattoo the ball, both he and Candelario are. I think it's coming with scope. Uh, I would definitely buy low here because a lot of cases it's off the waiver wire. And even if it's mm-hmm. via trade, it's not going to be expensive. I think there's a scoping coming as there always is. I don't really have grave concerns about, about his plate profile. What do you think about Jonathan scope on a buy low? I don't necessarily have any concerns about his plate profile. He kind of is who he is um, still exactly. at this point. Uh, my big concern with scope is, how many home runs does he lose because of the uh, dead ball? And uh, I, I talked about scope. I can't remember if it was you or someone else earlier in the season. And I, I said, like, I think he's one of these guys who's really hurt because he doesn't have like prodigious power. There's still going to be the scopenings that happen throughout the season. Uh, he's, he's one of those guys where like you draft him and then you can't look at the weekly line. You don't um, want him in head to head leagues. Yeah, because he'll kill you for weeks at a time, and then he'll mm-hmm. win you. He'll win you and two then, weeks on his own. And then yeah, uh, but that being said, um, like I think he's, I think he's probably going to be just a lesser version of what he's been in the past, which is a low twenties homer guy that it's like two sixty uh, is you know dual eligible. He's like a perfect fifteen teamer kind of dude that is a glue guy. He's not. You never think, oh, I won my league because of Jonathan Scope, but you didn't lose your league because of Jonathan Scope, and he's a little compliment piece. I, I, I've Warner been a big fan of his since. Yeah, exactly. I've been a big fan of his since Baltimore. Um, so, like, I'm, I'm not necessarily running out to get him, but I'm also not dropping him either. Like, I, if if you've got like a daily moves league or something like that, uh, like a you know. Maybe you pick him up in case this is the beginning of the scoping. Get a home run last night. 
Like you said, he's been kind of hitting the ball hard. He's just been running with like an insanely low Babbitt. Um, so maybe maybe this is the time in which he goes off for a couple weeks. So maybe you want to try to jump on and ride the hot streak right now. But um, like I'm not, I wouldn't trade for him in a league. Like I wouldn't give up another asset. I would just drop someone who's the bottom of my roster. I mean, uh, in a lot of instances, I think you can just pick him up. Mm-hmm. But I'd be open to trading for him too. If my offense is sputtering, you know, I do do a uh, sell low for sell low type of deal low for low and, and, and see what happens. Uh, because yeah, when scope goes off, he's just, he's just insane. Um, and I hope it, I hope it's coming. I, I think it is. He and candy both hitting the ball a lot harder lately. And we'll see if it, uh, if it continues, let's go behind the dish. There is another second baseman coming up, but I'll, I'll keep him <laughs> until after this one. It's a one of its teammates. Yes. Monty Grandal. This one's probably going to be fast. I don't know. Maybe you got something, but I, I see nothing here. I see this is prototypical Grandal. Uh, when he's down, he can look like the worst hitter in the league when he's up. I mean, we talk about the scoping. There, there's Grandalings that happen <laughs> when he is just electric as well. He doesn't get the same run for those up, ups and downs the way Scope does, but he has that same sort of vibe. You check in at the end of the year, and you're usually where you're supposed to be. So I don't see too much here with Grandal that has me concerned. I would definitely be open to uh, buying him or if heaven forbid he's being cut in like 10 team leagues, I would go scoop him instantly. Um, of all the guys we've talked about so far, this is the one I want to buy low on the most. Um, he's hitting the ball hard. His hard hit percentage is like 44%. Um, he's barreling it, you know, eight over 8% of the time. Uh, his zone contact is almost at 90%. Like, this is going to turn really fast yep. and he's going to go from being like a player that people are like, Oh, I need to get, get this guy off my roster to yeah. a guy. Like everybody's going to want to have a five um, a week. Will yeah. His entire line. Yeah. And I, I think it's, I think it's going to happen here at some point. Um, I've got a lot of grand all. And yes. He has been killing me so far yeah. this year, but I have no doubts that he is going to be absolutely fine. Yeah, um, we're not just it, wish casting here because we have them no. like I, I the stats, the plate skills are excellent. The strikeout rate's actually down a bit, down to eighteen percent, mm-hmm. which would be his best since twenty thirteen. Still walking a ton, six percent lowest swinging strike rate of his career. Yeah. Like it's, I mean, you know, his, his zone contact numbers are the best of his career. Um, he's swinging outside the zone 21% of the time, which is like outrageously good for a catcher. Like, yeah, Grandal uh, changes his plate skills completely, or not, not completely, but like alters them positively and gets one of the worst batting averages when he should be hitting like 260, yeah. which would be like 300 for him. So he deserves better. It will come sit tight with Grandal and or go pick him up. His current batting average is 176. His XBA is 234. Like I mean, he that, is that, just. He is just getting super babbipped and unlucky That's right huge. now. Like he's gonna be fine. Like he, you know, he's probably not gonna hit you know two sixty or something like that. But like he's gonna hit two forty and have like twenty five, you know, plus homers, and he's gonna be a guy you're, um, you're totally happy that you got where you got him. Absolutely agree. Back to second baseman. Back to the Royals. Nicky Lopez. Um. Am I, am I mean if I if I rub this one in? Okay, can, go ahead. I mean, this one was so obvious. Come on. It was <laughs> such a bad buy in draft season. Who fell for that? Why? I did. I fell for it. Uh, he leveraged a 347 Babbitt to hit 300. He went 22 for 23 on the bases, which is good. He does have speed. But it was just so clearly at a career year in hitting. Um and he's right back down to 55 WRC plus, which is where he was prior to this year. I think he's better than a 55, but not better enough that I actually care about him in fantasy. I I don't I wouldn't even pick up uh Nicky Lopez right now. I just don't see anything here. He's a punchless batter, and that really affects him. What say you about Nicky Lopez? Um yeah, I'll take my L here. Um but by, by like, the way, I could have included Brendan Rogers and we could have each just taken an individual L. You you Brendan Rogers Brendan Rogers starting to heat up, so I'm not I'm not I'm not gonna Okay, but you I'm you, not you, I'm you, not gonna throw that softball out there and have I was it gonna just say you rushed I one around in my face. Yeah, so. like a Kurt Casali <laughs> Homer. Um 
Um, but uh, yeah, I'll, I'll take the L on on Lopez because he, he 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 not only has he looked like his ponchless self, um, which is one of the main concerns that people had with him is like, hey, he he is no no pop at all, which which means he has to maintain these really high contact rates. He's not maintaining these really high contact rates. Like this is a guy who has historically been like a 90% zone contact rate. Right now his con zone contact is like right below league average. Dang. So you you mix that with the fact that he has no pop um and that is not a good sign. Like, is he getting unlucky? Absolutely, he's getting unlucky. Sure, two twenty nine in Babbitt for Nicky Lopez. He's a career three hundred guy, but um, he's not like you know his batting average is not completely undeserved. Like his XBA is like two twenty two or something like that. Mm -hmm. Like so, like yeah, is he getting unlucky? Yeah, but he would still suck if he wasn't getting unlucky. So. <laughs> Um, By the way, I uh, didn't even know that you were really in on him. I I didn't set that one up to. It was to actually. It was you. no, no. It, like I didn't get a bunch of them, but like at the price, he was worth the gamble. Like the potential twenty five stolen bases, and he showed really, really good contact skills last year. I don't know what's happened to those. Like those, like those shouldn't have just disappeared overnight to a guy as young as he is. Like he, he's, you know, I guess he's. Oh, he is older than I thought. He is twenty seven. Been around uh, for a little bit. But, like, you know, last year, his zone contact was 92.8%. His zone contact this year, 83.3%. That is a huge drop-off. That is almost a 10% drop in zone contact. And, you know, for context, 85-ish is about where league average is. Mm -hmm. um, so, like, he went from being an almost elite guy in terms of making contact within the zone to a guy that isn't even league average right now. Um, and you add that in with the lack of pop and yeah, nobody's afraid of him to guys. Pitchers are just going after him and he can't yeah. catch up right now. That That's the thing. They're, they're attacking, uh, they're attacking Nicky Lopez and just saying, Hey, hit it. If you, if you can hit it, you can have it. And he can't yeah. hit it right now, and it's it's just really stung him. And it just it it did feel like kind of everything came together really nicely last year. I understand that there was some speed potential. I don't mess with rabbits like that in general, uh, but then the bat really coming down has has certainly hurt Nicky Lopez. He's going to be yeah. popping up on a lot of waiver wires. What about a guy we both like, Alex Verdugo? And one of the, you know the main thing that we like about him is obviously his his chief export which is batting average he's a career 282 average hitting 205 with a 206 babbit he's still not striking out in fact career best 12 percent with a six percent swinging strike rate which is close to a career best is this just standard issue unlucky babbit or is there more to it with alex verdugo because from where i'm sitting it looks like it kind of is but i want to know if there's anything that you're seeing differently um, no, I, I mean, his XBA is 283 right now. There you go. Like, I mean, his bad luck. Yeah. Zone contact is actually up from last year. Like he's, he's doing everything he needs to be doing to turn this around. I think it's just a matter of time before it does. Um, I also think this is another one of these guys that's hurt by this dead and ball. There's been also, plenty of times where he's like hit the ball hard and you're like, Oh, that's going to the wall. Oh no, wait, that just went to the center fielder. Lazy um, flyout, yeah, yeah, so and, frustrating, man. So I, I do hope that he's one of these guys that as things start to warm up in Boston in the summer, like you know those balls that are are being caught, in, you know, in, in dead center field or are going to the wall, and some of the ones that have been hitting the wall are going to go up over it. So mm -hmm. yeah, I think he's going to be fine. Like this is, I think, a pretty easy buy low. If someone drops him in one of your leagues, go grab him because you know we could be talking three or four weeks from now and he's you know been hitting 300 since that since you know today so um yeah verdugo's a guy like i'm not i'm not worried about it all um you know i i was talking to uh i was talking to eric Smolsky and um and dave mcdonald last night um and i was saying like you know i've got some like teams that are kind of middling um uh and i've got some really bad teams um, and it's like, for the most part, I'm not worried about him. Like, I, I, you know, I've done deep dives on him and I'm just not, I'm not super worried about 
those teams. You're seeing a lot of these guys who are just, you know, being hurt, I think, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's, like, it, like you, you look at some of these offensive players, and, and Verdugo's a great example. Like, it has to come back. It mm-hmm. has to. Now, ESPN has stuck with him 89%, but Yahoo's down to 66%. I'm going out and getting him in those leagues. Absolutely. I'm looking to trade for him and others. And, again, this is another guy that – I, I'm going to start low, lower. I'm going to try to get a discount. But if it works its way back up to essentially market value, I would pay that for Alex Verdugo, knowing I, that I've got a lot of goodness coming my way. Verdugo is the type of guy you take like one of like your surprising like pitchers that probably aren't going to stay surprisingly good, yes. um, and you go trade for it because like right now pitching is still you know and through the ent- entirety of the season, so our pitching has been like really amazing right like we're seeing like these you know will crows like throw like you know five scoreless innings bruce zimmerman is a guy yeah right um right now i think is the time to start exploring trading that pitching that the guys that are mediocre but pitching well for the you know potential stud hitters that aren't performing well so like if i i think Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was like, if I could acquire like a Verdugo or a Nelson Cruz or, you know, for the Jordan Zimmermans or Jordan Zimmermans, the Bruce Zimmermans of the world right now, I'm going to try to do that. What about for somebody, this guy, I don't think he's quite as low as uh, Bruce Zimmerman in turn. Like I think Bruce Zimmerman's a, a cut below this guy, but still sort of same vibe. Would you trade Josh Winder for either of those guys that you just mentioned? Verdugo, who else did you say? Uh, Nelson Cruz. Yeah. I would. Oh, yeah. 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 Th- mm-hmm. That's the kind of deal I would do. And I think that, you know, you find one of those rare teams, they don't happen a lot, but there are teams out there that have struggling pitching. You think everyone's pitching is killing it. That's I got a couple of them. I got it. I got one where I'm like, everyone has the best pitching in the world. And I got like a 490 ERA. What the hell is going My, on? I was telling you, I was telling you, I think off air, I, I don't think I said it on air, but my tout wars team, right now has been like bouncing between like third and sixth place. And I have a over five ERA <laughs> in an almost two whip. Like my, the rest of my That's team crazy. is fantastic. And like, I just, I, a, every pitcher that gets blown up is the pitcher on my team. Yeah, like, That's on my team. Um, yep. So it, uh, you know, hope, I mean, it'll turn around at some point. Um, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, that that's a team I may end up having to just punt my ratios at some point if uh, yeah, if it continues is, to to go the way it's going. That that is rough for sure. So yeah, Alex Verdugo fully in on a, on a rebuy right now. Um, trade market waiver wire, whatever you can do, get Alex Verdugo, and you should be able to get a discount. But even if you got to essentially get pretty close to market value, I'd still do that. Trent Grisham. I've been seeing his name pop up a lot. I do my morning show Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, where we review previous night's box scores. And I tell you, Grisham questions come pretty consistently. People asking about cutting him. One homer, zero steals, 27% strikeout rate, 12% walk, 152, 269, 250 for the slash. Bottom line, it's a 61% WRC plus, 4% homer per nine, and 213 Babbitt. A lot of numbers, all of them bad. Trent Grisham going to bounce back. He was already coming off a pretty mediocre year last year, 15-13 with a 103 WRC+. I was hoping that he was going to rebound and kind of pick back up where the breakout hype left off. We have not seen that yet. Do you have concerns with Trent Grisham? Oh, yeah. I have massive concerns with Trent Grisham. He has been unlucky, but this is like unlucky like uh, Nicky Lopez has been unlucky. Like he still sucks. Um like he, yeah, he, he, his BABIP's low, but his XBA is still like 205 or something like that. Like it's Grisham's earning some of this. Is he, that what you oh, most say of that? it. Absolutely. Okay. Most of it. And I wouldn't even say some. Like he has been atrocious. He's striking out 27% of the time. His zone contact. Remember, I, I just talked about like Nicky Lopez's zone contact being at like 83%, and that's below league average. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trent Grisham's is 78%. Oh damn! That's zone contact. Is that zone contact? Like it's <sighs> like tough. it's it's really really bad. Um and uh and it's it's not a matter of like he's making bad decisions or something. Like he's 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 just missing in the zone. Like 
I, t- I don't want to say he's broken because he's still really young, but like, do you think he might be hurt? Speaking of broken, I wonder if there ha- there's something wrong. Like, this is either like a like a complete lack of confidence. Like he's swinging just in general six percent less, um, and uh, or six six percent less in the zone, three percent less overall. Um, he's either hurt or he's just lost. Either way, the Padres need to get him off this team. Yeah, whether it's to the IL or to the minor leagues, um, I actually don't have a problem selling low or just moving on. Especially if you're in ten and twelves, like I've got him in fifteens, and it's like he has not been in my starting lineup for you know a couple weeks now. Um, That's tough, and I'm very very close to dropping him. Uh, for just whatever waiver wire of a uh, uh, you know player of the week, yeah. um, there there is there isn't anything in the profile that makes me feel like he's going to turn it around. That's brutal. That's brutal mm-hmm. to hear. Yeah, and I, I I don't know that I really disagree. I I haven't really seen anything here. It's kind of going off the 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 faith uh, aspect with him this year, figuring for a bounce back. Bet on the skills see if the talent starts to manifest the way everyone thought when Grisham was a breakout contender and there's just been nothing good this year. And then the one homer, no steals. I think you're cutting him in tens and twelves right now. You need guys that can play. And we've talked about this throughout the year. When you cut a guy like this, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're out hundred percent. You can keep him on your watch list and maybe return to him. But I don't think you can, t- can continue to run Trent Grisham out there in tens and twelves and hope to win your league. You need guys that are performing more, and these this is part of the churn. Even though this was a relatively high pick, I think it's time to move on from him. At the very least, you need to bench Grisham and get somebody better in there. At the most, you need to cut him and and just be done with it in 10, 10 and 12. I, I think he needs to go down to AAA and, and work work things out. That, like, that think, might be what we need right now. Um, And, yeah, I mean, and if, if I'm saying that about a guy, like he should not be rostered in 10s and 12s. No. Like I can understand holding on to him onto your reserve list in a 15, but even there, like, like I said, he he's probably getting, unless there's some sort of sign this week that things are improving. Um, seeing him. I'm yeah, I'm, I'm probably cutting him in my leagues in, uh, uh, this weekend. He got cut in an NFBC somewhere. He's 97%. Yeah. He's going to be cutting and more. So... I mean, there's, there's really nothing in the profile I mean, you at this point you're operating on blind faith, and the problem with that is like I understand doing that with guys like you know someone I talked to like made the comment like yeah, with Nelson Cruz I just you know I just believe he's going to turn it around like I don't Merrifield was like that before um, he started yeah. going like I, I'm just like I'm gonna I'm gonna right? bet on Merrifield Scope is another one right he's going to yes. be fine you know um, Trent Christian doesn't have the track record to do that exactly like that's just dreaming. It's not it's not like having faith that this guy has shown enough skills in the past. Like he is not. And so um I I think he needs to go back down to the minors and which means he shouldn't be on your team more than likely. Yep. I totally agree with that with Trent Grisham. Tyler O'Neill has been struggling as well. Um he has Two homers, three steals, though, so way way more production than Trent Grisham at the very least. 193, 258, 303 slash. Strikeouts had been coming down. They, they looked pretty good early on, back up to 29%, though, right in line with last year. 9% walk rate, two ticks better than last year. Well, he has small improvements in the walk and strikeout rate, but nothing really to go off of. Ball isn't going out, 6% homer to fly ball, 253 Babbitt. What are we seeing with Tyler O'Neill here? Um, is this standard regression? Is there something more coming? Are you excited about, about Tyler O'Neill? Would you buy low on him? Um, I think I, I probably, it depends on how low I could buy. I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not paying close to market value. Um, but I, I need a massive discount. So if I can't get that, I'm not in, I don't necessarily need a massive discount, but I definitely need a discount. Um, he was probably overpriced to begin with, as you probably. pointed out numerous times. Uh, but I also think like he's going to be streaky. Like this is, you That's look true. at his profile. Like he's a guy he swings and misses, and so he's going to go through extended periods in which he is missing the ball. Um, it, but there is power. There's speed. 
uh, he will have, you know, times in which he's really locked in and, and everything's going right. And the beautiful part about um, Tyler O'Neill, uh, aside from his amazing biceps, um, <laughs> is his defense is so fantastic. He is not coming off the field. So he's going to have opportunities to work through this. Um, so, like, I, I don't have a problem buying low on him. Uh, it, it you actually need to buy low, like it just you need to get a discount of some sort. Yeah, so. with Trent Grisham. Okay, so he was going around pick fifty to sixty, or uh, not Trent Grisham, Tyler O'Neill, Tyler O'Neill, Tyler O'Neill. Would you give Nathan Ivaldi, who went pick one hundred two? He's been playing quite well, forty innings, three fifteen ERA, one hundred seven whips. So he's probably playing better than that. But as far as draft capital goes, which we still use as at least somewhat of a guide this early. Mm-hmm. I think it's is fair. that low enough? Okay. Yeah, especially if your pitching is yeah. Let's assume uh, your good. pitching is good. You like got you, some... you you bat you backed into like some good like low uh you know later you know you got you got Paul Blackburn you've got I was gonna say Blackburn yeah. and Kyle Wright like let's just say you right got yeah both exactly those guys. oh yeah if I've got both those guys then especially considering Nathan Uvalde's injury history um exactly. like that could end in a minute um I mean every pitcher could so like but sure. Uh, but he has, Ivaldi, he has extensive. He's got a history. long track record, and he's coming off of a season in which he threw a lot of innings. So, um, yeah, I think I'd do that. I think that I think that is exactly the kind of move I'd be looking to make. Okay, there you go. So that you know, that's a couple rounds lower. You're not trying to give your Paul Blackburn. You're still trying to give something substantial here, but you are trying to get a discount on Tyler O'Neill. And I'm not averse to that either. I was not a huge fan. I didn't want to pay full market fourth, fifth round type. But I understand the skills are still there and that this call could still blow up in my face. I'm not taking a win here at all because mm -hmm. he is he can get so hot that he can have like one amazing month. It with Tyler O'Neill, he could have a 12 homer, six steal month that like ensures that he has this baseline that at least is yeah. above by end of the year. So I'm not fully I, I, out. On I think at the end of the day, he's still gonna have enough homers and stolen bases for you to be satisfied with what you drafted. The question is where the batting average, the batting average was the reason why, like we knew there was regression coming. Exactly. Um, because he just strikes out. Skills. Yeah. Yes. So. And, and early on, like I said, O'Neill wasn't striking out as much. And I'm like, uh Oh, I thought he was going to have these bad plate skills. And that's why I was out on him. If the plate skills are different, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll eat the L or whatever, but it's, it's, it's a different player, but the plate skills are back to where they're, they're supposed to be. So it's kind of, you know, now we'll see, now we'll see. Am I right that he's going to regress too much to be worth that pick or does he spike and his, and, and the Tyler O'Neill scope innings that he has are mm -hmm. good enough to offset the volatility. And I wouldn't bet against it. I, I didn't draft him anywhere, but I, I still wouldn't bet against him much because the skills are robust. Justin Turner. Is age finally catching up to the 37-year-old? Strikeouts are still perfectly fine. Walk rate's down a bit, but nothing egregious. Tiny Babbitt at 222, like most of these guys. Same with a homer to fly ball rate at 4%. 200, 256, 325 is the slash line. A couple of homers for Justin Turner. What's under the hood with him? Is he going to regress out of this and get back to his level? Do you trust the track record of Justin Turner? Or are you worried that age is finally catching up to the 37-year-old third baseman for the Dodgers? Maybe a little bit of both. Um, you got to wonder. I mean, whenever Justin Turner is struggling, you have to wonder if there's an injury that we just of don't course. know about. Yeah. Um, he definitely, the bat looks a little bit slower. Um, but he's also under the hood. I mean, most things look about the same um, as they always have. Uh, and so I do think there's a rebound coming. Maybe not to the level of what we're used to with him, but. Um, like I think he's gonna be a fine serviceable serviceable player. And uh if people are freaking out because he's old, I think that's a little bit unfair. I mean it, you know, um like I don't, I don't out on me because I'm old. Yeah, I, I don't think he's washed in the same way that you're washed. I mean, I'm yeah, I've been hella washed though. Yeah. Can you be washed if you were never if you never were never were this is a weird uh yeah, yeah. 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 Uh yeah. I don't know that you can be. Um yeah. So maybe you I'm were born watched, watched yeah. Uh, uh, but Justin Turner, like I, I mean, he still makes good zone contact. Um, so good for so long now. Yeah, I. He, just go. This this is a blind faith guy, right? Yeah, like, this is a right, guy right where I go. Mm -hmm. This is a guy where I go. Yeah, I think he's gonna be fine. I'm not. 
and I've and I'm I'm invested. I'm I'm not worried. Sometimes like, you don't I'm, complicate it. You just say mm -hmm. if Nelson Cruz and Justin Turner pop up on your twelve or ten team wire, you say you know what? I'll just go for it. I'm going to give it three mm -hmm. weeks or something, and just see what's up. Because again, like you said, under the hood, it it doesn't show a ton of stuff that really looks problematic with him. The biggest game changer would be if Justin Turner was nursing some sort of injury that we didn't know about that then undercut him. That would be the one thing. But other than that, yeah, I, I kind of have some blind faith with him too. I mean, his, his O swing has jumped the last two seasons. Okay. Um, which I think is leading to some like poor, like um, poor contact, uh, sure. you know, so some ground outs or, or fly outs that probably, you know, a few years ago, you might've, you know, he would have just laid off. So I do think there is some skills denigration. I don't think it's to the level that people should be dropping him. Um, there you go. Okay. So that's the line there. Like he's not the 127, 138 WRC plus of the last mm -hmm. two years for Justin Turner, but he's probably still like a 112, yeah. which is positive at a corner. You know, you didn't really have to draft him as your starting third baseman because he still went late. That's the beauty of Justin Turner too. His age always keeps the price pretty fair. So even with this, you know, uh, regressed version, you're not really getting hung out to try too it, badly on the draft cost. It's still like an 87% zone contact and a 16% strikeout rate. Like it's still really great still skills. Like, you know, um, that we wish, you know, Trent Grisham had. You know, yeah, exactly. Uh, and Nicky you know, Lopez, these other guys right? we're talking about, they would kill for some no. of these skills. And, 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 uh, and I think as the ball, or I think as things start to heat up, especially in LA, he's the ball's going to start flying a little bit more for him. I think it's going to be fine. Agreed. Agreed. We like Justin Turner. Let's go on the opposite end of the age spectrum here and talk about rookie Spencer Torkelson, who um, is striking out a lot at 31%, but walking 13%. It's not an egregious 11% swingy strike rate. But 203 BABIP has led to a 153 average. The OBP and slugger way down. Just a 102 ISO. The power not being there is the biggest issue. I will say, though, as somebody who watches Torque day in, day out, he looks like he belongs. Like, I really do believe that, despite the 68 WRC+. plus. Um, I just think that he's figuring out and he's learning on the job. And that's part of calling a guy up after 90 games at double A and triple A combined. Like it's not a huge sample. So you had to know that he was going to have some on the job learning. So I'm not too worried about it. I think he can avoid a call, a, a send down here. If he can start to turn things within the next two to two to four weeks, but uh, watching him day to day, I don't think he's wildly overmatched. I just think it's it's rookie struggles right now for Spencer Torkelson. What say you, good sir? I think he's become more aggressive. I think he's right. being a little bit too a passive. At the that, that's plate. what I'm like, saying. Um, when he measures something and takes a real hack at it, the ball flies. Um, I I have no fear that he is going to be like anything. Like, I think he's going to be above average at worst. Like, I think that yeah. is his floor long term um, as a hitter in the major leagues. And I he's think he's looking there for is... the perfect pitch every at bat Torkelson it... is. And he'll bypass hittable pitches at times to try to get that moonshot perfect pitch. And then he winds up in a 2 2 count and misses something and then strikes out, you know, or looks for the walk when he gets uh, behind in, in a count, too. So it's like yeah. he has good pitch recognition. There are good things to take away, but I agree with you that he could stand to be a bit more aggressive. Like he's got a 10% swing strike rate, which just doesn't match up with a 30% strikeout rate. Like mm -hmm. that—that that, that's way lower than a 30% strikeout rate. So it's like what's happening? Well, what's happening is he's got a higher than league average, uh, you know, uh, called strike rate. He's he's watching strikes come in and going, oh no, that's not what I wanted. That's not perfect. So yeah, I, I, I can't swing at that. It's like, uh, hey man, great exit velocity numbers, barrel percentage is fine. Like he's um, when he puts the ball in play, it's hit hard. I I, I think he's gonna be fine. Um, and I think, uh, luckily for him, the Tigers as a whole kind of suck. Um, and. <laughs> So right here, but like if they were like if they were like leading the division or like right behind, you know, you know, the twins or whatever in the division, 
they might be thinking about sending him down. But because yeah, they're they not might not competing. be able to let him work through it. That's a good point. That's a good call. Yeah, they're not because they're not really competing, and I don't think this is the beginning of their window, anyways. I think that probably is next year. Um, Hopefully, uh, I think they can afford to just let him struggle a little bit. Um, I agree. Torkelson has the leeway, and that's why he isn't really in danger of a send-down. I don't think. It would be surprising to me right now if they sent him down because of the plate skills he's shown and the fact that he has shown like he belongs. He's just kind of grinding through it a bit. But I do think. How much do the Tigers hate Akil Badu that they lost two outfielders and didn't bring him back? I know. They they hate his guts. They hate his guts. And like, I don't do they only I have really lefties on the rest of the schedule? Because I mean, you'd think that they think they do. Mm-hmm. I mean, we talked about this, you know, prior to the start of the season, right? Like there aren't that many lefties in in the part central. Of why, another part of why I liked him. Yeah, right. Why? Why I liked Austin Meadows, who's you know mm-hmm. now on the IL and it, it struggled before. Um, though I thought I think Meadows going to be fine. You know, once he is back, hopefully, hopefully the vertigo issues aren't a major. Thing. Hopefully it's not Clint Frazier esque, but oh, um, so. yeah, Vertigo is just such a tricky thing. But um, they must just hate Akil Badu to True. lose both Victor Reyes and Austin Meadows on the same day and not bring him back. Like it just um, tell me about I, it, man. I tell me about it. Like don't get me wrong, it's as Cameron's an interesting young young player, but. Um, yeah, Cuba Tubin. He was a monster last year, and the Tigers just, have just given up on the dude. And he had a good spring, too, and I just don't understand why they're like, you know what? We would be interested in this, but what about F.U. and never play for us? What, did, you, did you ever consider that? What, did you ever consider effing off? So a few, minutes like, a, a few minutes ago, like you said, like, hey, you know, you know, you drafted – you know, uh, you drafted Tyler O'Neill here and you drafted Yavaldi here, and we still use draft capital to kind of determine a little bit of value, um, mm-hmm. especially this early in the season. Um, and it, it feels like that's what the Tigers run off said. Like, oh, we got him in the rule five. We didn't draft him in the way. Yeah. Draft. We drafted so Daz Cameron in the first round. <laughs> yeah. Daz Cameron was a first rounder and son of Mike Cameron. He's got you the know, pedigree, so we yeah. gotta keep him up. And Badu can can get, yeah. Akil Badu is just the son of Jeff Badu. <laughs> Freaking Jeff, dude! Why didn't you have a better kid? I, I yeah, I just I don't get it. And like, he's not doing anything, and he's not even playing a triple A. He's played two games. He's one for nine. Did he get hurt? Like, I don't. <laughs> There's too many lefties in triple A. Has to be more to this story. Like, I just this, don't get it. Like, is there an Abazil Garcia type issue here? That's, or like, you know, that's what I'm saying, man. I just don't um, understand. Yeah. Uh, uh, speaking of a guy you should have bought low on and starting to turn around, Abazil Garcia. Did uh, he have another homer yesterday? Yeah, he got dropped in my 16 team dynasty league. I'm not even competing really? this year, and I a picked him up. 16 teamer. Yeah. I thought that they could cut Abazil Garcia. Yeah. Guy who just signed uh, with a four year deal. Yeah, like he's gonna play every day. Exactly. Like they they don't have enough offense to not play him. And I felt mm-hmm. like his under the hood looked pretty fine. Like yeah. he is a strikeout guy, so it's gonna breed some. Mm-hmm. Like okay, twenty nine percent K, two percent walk. Like that that's some volatility. But he has three homers, three steals. Like I'm gonna let it play out a bit on Avisel Garcia. So yeah, that is bizarre. But anyway, got to get going. Got the radio spot coming up. So those are some guys that you can consider buying low on, whether it's pickups or via trademark of Simeon, Whit Merrifield, Jonathan Scope, Yasmani Grandal, Nikki Lopez, Alex Verdugo, Trent Grisham, Tyler O'Neill, Justin Turner, Spencer Torkelson. We've got a bevy of opinions on them. I think we're both pretty firmly out on Nikki Lopez and Trent Grisham right now. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, a bit of a mixed bag on, on who to go and get. Bring your bring your level down on Simeon. Consider like 25 homers, 15 steals, kind of like the high end there and then work backwards from there. Uh, Merrifield, I believe in a little bit more than Justin. Mm-hmm. Justin doesn't think he's worthless. We both believe scoping is going to happen. We were both probably the highest on Grandal as the automatic pickup. Merrifield's right there for me. And Verdugo, uh, too. Verdugo, right there, yeah. yeah, Verdugo, Grandal, jointly, we, we would have at the top there. Mm-hmm. O'Neal, we're open to buying. Turner, we're open to buying on Blind Faith. And Torkelson, we're even open to buying, especially in Keeper. Yeah. Obviously, in Keeper, you're not getting any discount. 
Don't worry about it. Pay full price for Torkelson in a keeper league. Justin, great speaking with you. We'll probably do the same with pitchers on Friday um, on some buy low pitchers and see what's going on. Jose Barrio starts tonight. If he doesn't have a good start, he's going to be on that Friday talk. You better believe it. But uh, Yeah, anyway, absolutely. Great talking with you, and I'll talk to you later this week. Take it easy.